Well, amen. It is my honor to be here this morning. Lord bless you all. Let's find our seats. Romans chapter 12, and then let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word and the power of that word to change us, Father God. We ask you today to use that word, Father, and the Spirit of God to change us in the image which we behold, our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Father, we thank you for it, and we praise you for it. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Very familiar verse. Let's look at it. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Say transformed. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Today I want to talk about what I believe is the three stages of change in an individual's life. And I want to share some warnings. And so... I've really sought hard. I've been in this for about 69 months, letting the Lord work this in and through me, and I hope that I can convey it the right way. I'm, I'm concerned about where we are as a nation. I'm concerned about where the church is in America and around the world. And the scripture is very, very clear don't be conformed to this world. Don't let their thoughts, their ideas, their actions become your thoughts, your ideas, and your actions. Don't be patterned after. Don't be shaped like the world. I don't know if you know this or not, but throughout history, Christianity has been counterculture. It has been against the, the way the worlds have gone. We've been contrary to that. And nothing's changed when it comes to the gospel. One of the changes that God is trying to bring into the church, and this church in particular, is the Sabbath, learning how to rest. That is so counterculture. Today is everything's about crushing the day and how much we can do, and God is like, look, whoa, 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 I can run the universe without you one day a week. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Say transformed. Transformation is the goal. We have information, we have inspiration, but transformation is the goal. And I'm seeing some patterns in the body of Christ that alarm me. And so I'm going to put up a warning sign. I'm going to put up the red flag. One of the things I see is that we're all excited about other people who God is using to bring people to Christ. How many uh, have heard of uh, Kanye West and what's going on in his life? Man, that's awesome. I, th I thought Kanye West was a female white country singer. <laughs> I, just because the name is not familiar to me, and I guess because the last name was West, I was thinking country western, I guess, I don't know. And then I get a picture, and it's like, whoa. There's wrong, and then there's really wrong, right? And I'm glad people are coming to Christ through him. But that does not change. You are to be a witness for Christ. You don't get to relegate your obligation as a Christian to be a witness for the Lord. Acts 1.8. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. It's okay. You can quote the scripture here. We're, we're okay with that. You shall be 
witnesses. We don't get to pawn that off to other people who have 501c3s and who are on TV. You are to be transformed by the power of God. And part of that transformation is for you to be a witness of what God has done in your life. What he has done, what he is doing, what he will do. But I've watched the body of Christ for years. All excited about what other people are doing. And, and being even inspired by other people. But that doesn't change the fact that you and I have a place in this world. And, and I know what you're thinking, but, but Pastor Lee, I messed up. So is Kanye West. Can, can you say that? I sure can with great confidence. Because he's human. He has, and I'll tell you what, they'll push hard enough, they'll find something wrong. And the media will jump all on that. I thought you were a Christian. I heard something in an interview that somebody asked him, well, are you a singer that's a Christian or are you a Christian that's a singer? He said, I'm a Christian everything. Amen. What a great answer. I'm, yeah, go ahead. I'm a Christian everything. And I'm a Christian when I mess up. Not having all your ducks in a row does not give you a license to not be a witness. Just be honest with people. I still have issues. God's still working on me, right? Let me tell you another thing that I'm concerned about in this culture, and specifically with the body of Christ, we are gutless. We have forgot how to endure hardship. We're in it for the planes and the trains and all the gold dust and blessings, and we forgot people have lost their life for this gospel. This gospel came to us at a cost of human lives. People were martyred. People were killed blatantly for sharing what you take for granted. Pastor Lee, I, I will fight the devil. I would do anything for you. You won't even come to church when it's raining. Got a 92-year-old grandma, has served the Lord for 65 years of her life, and she goes home to be with the Lord, and you give up because she died. Yeah, yeah. This Bible does not promise you you won't go through some stuff. As a matter of fact, it promises you just the opposite. You will go through some stuff, but I will be with you. God's not into information for information's sake and inspiration for inspiration's sake. God wants transformation. And if we don't handle difficulties any different than the world, why would they want what we have? The body of Christ murmuring and complaining and whining. You need a little bread and cheese to go with all your whining. We need some backbone. We're going to need some backbone in this day and time. Yes, people hate us. What's new in the body of Christ? Have you not read your history? We're supposed to be like Jesus. John 20 says he sent us as he was sent. Well, guess what? He caused revival and riot everywhere he went. I'm of the opinion, I don't care whether you love me or hate me, do something. I'll tell you another thing I'm finding with the body of Christ is that we think some discovery is going to revolutionize the world and people will just come to Christ by the hundreds of thousands if they just found Noah's Ark. 
You need to take a smart pill. No dis- we have more discoveries. We have more information, historical information, that Jesus lived and was alive and real, that miracles happened, that these cities that are mentioned are real places. We have all kinds of information. doesn't change a soul. We're, it just, we're waiting for the ark, man. If they just found it, there'd be this great move. No, first off, it'd be hidden. Second off, it would do what every other thing like that is done. The people who believe would go, see, I told you so. And the people who don't, well, well, there's something they're not telling you. I'm concerned about the body of Christ. And I'll tell you why. In this day and age, one of the things I see happening is we have glorified information. We have made information the thing. We literally call this day and time the information age. But information is never enough. Information is black and white. Information is actually carnal. It all starts out carnal. Just words. Things that you hear. Okay. All of you at one time, heard the gospel, and it was just words until it became something else. Now, words are important. I'm going to show that to you. We need words. In, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, I'm just going to give you a little bit of it. He says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through your knowledge of God. Now, how many can use more grace? The rest of you must not understand what grace is. Grace is God's power and ability to do what you can't do. Grace is God being strong where you're weak. We all need more grace. Is there anybody besides me needs some more peace? I went and took my children down to Sherman yesterday. Have you been out? The pre-Christmas chaos? My, it was crazy. Everywhere we went, there were lines and lines and vehicles and parking lots were filled and people were crazy. And I forgot for a second, I have the God of peace on the inside of me. (laughs) We need more peace. How do we get more peace? Not from information. That information is powerful. Not just from inspiration. We need transformation. We need actually to have God's peace working in and through us. I forgot that I'm the thermometer, not the thermostat. I forgot when I show up, peace is present. Grace and peace are multiplied. In information, we need to know that our grace and peace can be multiplied through our knowledge of God. John 17, 3. And this is eternal life that you would know God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. This is eternal life. A knowing, information about God is eternal life. Eternal life is not just a destination, it is a person. It's important that you hear that. That information can change your life. But unless it turns into inspiration and transformation, it's just black and white words. Philippians 4.8, 
Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, he says, think on these things and the God of peace will be with you. That's good information that I need to be thinking on the right things. I can't be thinking about the bills and how I'm going to cover the bills. By the way, women, you are crazy. <laughs> Just a little caveat. When I, when I talked, that movie was awesome, Pastor Lee. I cried through the whole thing. How does crying through the whole thing make it a good movie? If I want to cry, I look at the bills. <laughs> if I want to laugh, I look at the money I have to cover it with. <laughs> I, want, <laughs> I want to think about the right things because if I think about the right things, peace can be the byproduct of that. That's good information. Romans 12, 2 so says, the goal is Transformation. Not just information. We have more information at our fingertips than any generation in history, and we are dumber than a box of rocks. <laughs> we need to eliminate guns. Guns kill people. Hmm. Can, can I tell you what I think about that? <laughs> Good, Good, because I was going to anyway. I think about that the same way I think about hunting boots. People ask me all the time, Pastor Lee, do you have any hunting boots? Nope, not a single pair. Every pair of boots I have just sit in the closet. They have never hunted anything. <laughs> they, just, they just sit there. I have guns in my closet, lots of them. And they've only killed what I've pointed them at. And they only work when I pull the trigger. So we got all this information and we're idiots because the information hasn't moved to inspiration or transformation. It's just information. God's goal, God's desire is transformation. Somebody asked me the other day about, you know, what I share with homosexuals and lesbians and how I defend and all that kind of stuff. And I just have some very simple questions. One of the things I ask every individual said I was born this way. I say, okay, how are you going to reproduce? I love them more than they love them because if they have their way, they'd be dead inside of a generation. Some of you were just inspired. You went from information to inspiration. Great, but the idea is not information and inspiration. It's transformation. Let me give you some examples of how dangerous learning is if it doesn't grow to the next levels of change. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 7. It actually talks about a group of people, but then it goes on to about, about women, and please don't take that personal. It's still talking about a group of people. It says, these women are ever learning and never coming to the knowledge of the Son of God. It is possible for you to learn and learn and learn and learn and learn and never get to the place God wants you to get to. We know people who actually know, memorize the entire Bible if you ask them any scripture, any real scripture in the Bible, Isaiah 119, they can quote it. Ezekiel 4.3, they can quote it. And they're lost, not even saved. It's possible to know the entire word of God and not know the author. 
God's desire is not that you would just have information, but that would turn into inspiration, that information, and then transformation. God's desire is that you would learn, but that you would grow past just the information. Because you can learn and learn and learn and still be unlearned. I love what this says about the disciples. They took note that they were ignorant and unlearned, but that they'd been with Jesus. Here go I. I may be ignorant and unlearned, but I've been with Jesus, and transformation has taken place. Amen. John chapter 5. If you'll turn there. Everybody still knows how to use their Bible, right? Okay. Because I get concerned about all this because we forget how to use this. Verse 39. Jesus is speaking. You search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. The information is not life. The information was meant to lead you somewhere to actual life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The information was meant to inspire, yes, but the goal is transformation. That you and I would search the scriptures and they would show us the Lord and bring us to Christ. Information is not enough. I want to show you a picture. (laughs) Somebody give it up. That's good right there. That's good. You've changed. We're supposed to. I love it. Do you know the thing about a worm is a worm eats dead things. But a butterfly can actually pollinate farther than bees because they can travel greater distances. And everywhere a butterfly lands, it brings life. God's desire is that you would stop eating dead things, but that you would bring life everywhere you land. Okay, good. Write it down. Information is not enough. Acts 26, 28, King Agrippa says to Paul, after Paul gives his testimony, King Agrippa says, almost thou persuadest me. Almost is the key word there. Paul gave his testimony, and yet King Agrippa came to that place where it was still just information. He may have got into a little bit of inspiration. I'm a little bit stirred. Almost thou persuadest me. There are a lot of people in this world who are still at that stage where they have the information about the gospel, they have the information about Christ, but they still aren't inspired. Oh, I know that. I'm glad that's working for you. I've heard it a lot. Almost thou persuadest me. The next stage of change I love. And you can go from one to the other really, really quickly, like within seconds, or it can take you years. But that's where the information actually is now becoming inspired to you. It stirs you. It affects you in a way that you're motivated. 
In Exodus chapter 35, verse 5, God commands an offering so that they can build the tabernacle. And God says, this is the offering that I command, that all who are of a willing heart, all who were of a willing heart, that means it went from information to inspiration. I'm willing. I'm stirred. I'm convinced. I'm, I'm, I'm moved by my emotions. When information is carnal, inspiration is solical with spiritual being behind it. And many of you have been inspired by messages. It's one of the things about this day and age where we we Google everything in YouTube, and this generation cracks me up because they're always coming to me, Pastor Lee, Pastor Lee, you need need to Google this. First off, they spelt their own name wrong. Go look it up. It'll change your life. People trust Google more than they do God. It's crazy. But we're inspired by videos. And some of y'all, bless your heart, uh, you're inspired by a cat. Videos of cats. I don't want to be mean, but get a life. (laughs) Videos, blogs, they can inspire you. They can stir you. Exodus 35, 21. Then everyone came whose heart stirred and everyone whose spirit was willing. Write this down in your notes. It's your spirit that makes you willing. Everyone whose spirit made them willing. Inspiration is not enough. Inspiration is like believing, but you still don't have actions to follow. You say, Pastor, well, if I believe, then then I'm going to act. Okay, do you believe in tithing? Not if you're not tithing. It It hasn't been transformational yet. It may be inspirational. You may have heard a story about somebody who encouraged you to give. Amen. They started with nothing, and now they're a multimillionaire, and you're inspired. But if you're still not tithing, it's just inspiration, not transformation. Your four checks are in the mail. Inspiration without action is what we would call a New Year's resolution. Yeah, does that hurt? Part of my mission in life is to challenge, change, and cheer. So I know that might hurt, but how how many New Year's resolutions have we made? I mean, New Year's is coming up pretty quick. I don't know if you know that or not. And there'll be all kinds of people buying treadmills and Bowflex. And and in three months, they'll be putting their clothes on it. And the cat might be doing the treadmill, and you'll be videoing it, sending it to somebody. Surgeon General says, we believe that. A lot of people believe that. Still smoking. You know why? They're inspired but not transformed. 
Say inspiration. Oh, let's, let's all say it so we don't just pay Pastor Zach. Inspiration is not enough. Transformation is the goal. We live in an information age, but information is never enough. Transformation is the goal. Let's be inspired. Transformation comes from the inside out. Transformation is when your inward convictions match your outward actions. You know why many Christians are unhappy in their Christian life? It's because inwardly they want to do some things that they're not doing outwardly. So they're not congruent. They want to give, but they don't. They want to serve, but they don't. That's inspiration. It's never enough. Transformation is the goal. And transformation comes from the inside, from your spirit man where God is working, working its way, working its way out. The problem with transformation is it takes time. See, the, the bad thing about sin is that sin is almost always instantaneous gratification. Drink a thing, get a high. Smoke a thing, get a high. Shoot a thing, get a high. Look at a picture, feel a rush. Righteousness is if you endure till the end. If you stay the course. Yeah. That's okay, it's okay. I got, I got all time. You, you might not, but I do. Acts 2.42, and they continued steadfastly. If my words abide in you and you abide in me, transformation is a continual, ongoing action that leads to the transformation you're looking for. I want to share with you a scripture that brings this all into focus, if you'll allow me. James chapter 1, verse 21. I love this. Be doers of the word, not hearers only. You remember? 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues, say continues, and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does." Many, many Christians have come to Christ, inspiration, information, driving them to the right things. But because they didn't continue doing what Christians do, they didn't continue learning how Christians act, they didn't make it a part of their regular day-to-day routine, they forgot what kind of person they are. I was a welder for years and years and years. And I really enjoyed welding, and without sounding bad, I was pretty good at it. 
I, I built the pre-igniters for the space shuttle, put up in space about six different times. I, I worked on Jaws. Okay, never mind. There is some welding I haven't done for almost 30 years, 35 years maybe. And while I was a welder at that, because I haven't done it, I am not that person anymore. See, I might be able to quickly learn again, but I have forgotten how to do that because I no longer use it. It's the same thing in our Christian realm. If we don't continue praying, we will forget how important prayer is and we won't be a prayer warrior. If we started giving but then we stopped giving, we have forgot that to be a Christian, you're supposed to be a giver. And we go back to old ways. We go back to old lives. Some of the most miserable people on the planet are Christians who've been given a new life, but they're living an old life. Let me tell you a story. When I was about 15, Christmas Eve, I saw a mouse run down the wall and into this hole in my room. And so I told my dad. And my dad set a mouse trap. I love a mouse trap. It's irreducibly simplistic. It's got five parts. It takes all five for it to work. But we used peanut butter. And we set this trap by the, by the hole. I'm 15 and I'm a boy. I'm sorry. I'm a little sadistic. I wanted to kind of watch this thing go down. <clears throat> so I got my flashlight. I'm in my bed and I'm waiting. Snap! I turn the light on and no mouse but a tail. He turned to go away, and it came down and caught us, cut his tail smooth off. Now, how many of you know that was painful? But the intent of the trap was not to make life painful. What was the intent of the trap? Take his life. So my dad reset the trap. Took about 20 minutes this time. Snap. Turn on the light. Flop, 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 flop. Dead mouse. You know what made the mousetrap work? Good answer, wrong. Ignorance. The mouse didn't know the purpose and intent of the trap. The enemy, beloved, is not trying to give you some pain in your life. Some of you are making choices that are painful for your marriage, painful for your relationship with your children, painful in your relationship with others. But the enemy is not trying to give you a little bit of pain. The purpose and intent of the trap is to steal the very life of God from you. And many of you are not living the life that God intended for you because you keep going back to the dead things. You keep going back to eating the dead worm stuff when God made you to fly. And if you keep going back, eventually the mousetrap works. What makes the mousetrap work is not the mechanism itself, it is the fact that the mouse is ignorant of the purpose and intent. God's desire is transformation, not information, not inspiration, transformation. God wants to radically change your life. He wants to make you look different. 
It amazes me. It That's not the right word. It disgusts me that the body of Christ keeps trying to look like and act like the world, thinking that's what's going to bring them in the doors. Why would we want to look alike when God made us to look different, to act different, to be different? People looked at Jesus and saw something different. People looked at Paul and saw something different. When people look at you, do they see something different? You know, when we leave here today, some of you are going to go to restaurants. You need to act differently than the people who are not saved. You need to stop whining and bellyaching about your steak not being exactly like you like it. If you're going to be cheap, if you're going to be a cheesy tipper, tell them you're a Buddhist or something. Do not, it doesn't help the cause of Christ for you to be cheesy. I've had lots of meals that weren't any good. I've had lots of servers that didn't deserve what I gave them. But I learned something a long time ago. My gift makes room for me. And if I'll be a good tipper, those people will hear what I have to say. Yeah. Listen, when I got saved, I got changed. So radically changed. I'm, I, I think the greatest example is like when you turn the lights on and the roaches go. When I got saved, I didn't have to get rid of any of my friends. I just was like alive. And they went. <laughs> it didn't take any time at all. I wouldn't recommend this necessarily. I got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and when about four months, I had a church in my home. And I'm pastoring people, not recommended. Did you hear me? But I was transformed. People were getting healed. People were getting saved. People were getting filled with the Holy Ghost. Marriages were being restored. Young people were coming home, runaways. Incredible things were happening. Not because I had a whole bunch of information, but because I had a whole bunch of transformation. <laughs> I went to work with my Bible just as happy as I could be. They made fun of me. I didn't care. They persecuted me. I didn't care. And the next thing I know, my boss is sending people to me to counsel them. So he's paying me to do what I do now when I was supposed to be getting paid for being a welder. When he had a heart attack, first person they called was not even his kids. First person they called was me. So would you go down and pray for him? Absolutely. You know why? Wasn't information. Wasn't inspiration. It's transformation. God's goal for you and I is transformation. Now, can I be real honest? Some of you are saved. Some of you are inspired. But we still need help. Bless y'all's heart. Some of you are just mean. Yeah, don't look at them. They'll, they'll know. <laughs> it is possible to be saved and still be mean. But God's goal is not to leave you there. 
I hope I inspired you today, but that's not the goal. My goal is that you would get a hold of this revelation that don't hang out there. Don't hang out thinking, if I just had more information, I could change lives. The information you have, if it's transformational, is enough. When I got saved, I didn't know a whole lot. I knew I was saved, and I knew God loved me. And they took me witnessing the very next Saturday. How much, how much scripture do you think I knew? I didn't even know John 3.16. I still thought godliness and to cleanliness was a scripture. But I was a witnessing machine. You know why? Transformation. God had done something in my life that I knew was real, and I just wanted to share it with people. God's desire for you is transformation. So if you're still mean, God is still working on you. You don't get to stay mean. Listen, our informational world, well, she's a redhead. Of course, she's hot-tempered. Try, try telling that to Jesus when you get to heaven. Well, I was mean because I'm a redhead. No, you're mean because you were ignorant. <laughs> well, I was mean and mad because I was German. No, that's not an excuse. It's not going to hold water. God's desire is transformation. Some of you all are still struggling with forgiveness. You don't get to hold on to that. God's desire is to transform you, to be a forgiving machine. That everywhere you go, forgiveness is your heart and desire. I'm going to let you in on a secret. Ephesians 4.32 says, To be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiven one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So how did God forgive you? First off, he forgave you ahead of time. One of the things I made a practice in my life, outside of being thanking God for three things every morning and every evening, one of the things I do every morning before my feet hit the ground is forgive anybody that would trespass against me today. So I've already made my decision ahead of time. So when people hurt me, I already know what choice I'm going to make. I've made it ahead of time. See, if you don't keep forgiving, you'll forget that's what manner of man you are. You'll forget that's what Christians do. So transformation is over a period of time where God is trying to change those things in you that do not reflect the nature and character of God. So you may need some more information, and some inspiration. But God's goal in that is not for you to go, oh, that's great, and then not be transformed. God's desire is transformation. I'm going to end with a story. I took my grandkids to see a movie yesterday. Pretty funny movie. But I will buy the movie just for the last outtakes that happened at the end of the movie. And there's this... John Cena's here, and this guy's laughing, and Cena's trying not to laugh. Now, have you ever seen that dynamics where this person is laughing so hard, it's, it's infectious? It makes you want to laugh, and you don't even know why. I mean, it's one of those belly rolls, just laughing, laughing, and John, you can see him trying to hold his face. And the more he tries to be serious, the farther this guy goes into it. I will get the clip because it made me laugh so hard I was crying. And my granddaughter looks at me. She says, Papa, you're crying. That was inspirational. But I got up this morning and my body didn't care. 
You know how I had joy this morning? I've been transformed. My God rules it all. It's all going to be made right. God's desire for you and I is not information, inspiration, but transformation. Amen. Amen. Amen.